is for being united is useful. <laughs> um, this idea of being united is interesting for me. It's the this win-win perspective. And I think it's much more because according to Alison men want their women to win they actually want all women to win win um, because they want to provide and if they provide and the woman is winning they win because then their energy that they expended on providing was worth it I think it's maybe it's as far back as the whole you know generational genetic inheritance of women in the past bearing a brunt of the non-consensual domination you know if you were born a woman certainly like you the further back we look right the further back we look the more being born a woman was you were born into non-consensual domination you were dominated by your father growing up who even dominated who you got to marry you were you know you're never going to get what a son got um yeah and so it's like there's there's something inherent in being female i suspect if we want to go down the storyline of you know genes change through the generation just from how that being is and I think it means that we are still living in a as I said in the last one in a competition culture that the culture currently is competitive but I think being female there's some part of me that struggles to believe it's not competitive even if we step outside of the mainstream even if we step outside of capitalism and not how much is that possible all the rest of it and so this idea of being united and being a win-win seems to be a much bigger right okay i was gonna say it seems to be a much bigger thing for me than it does for my partner because he his thing is for everyone to win (laughs) because providers want the person they're providing for to win Um, And yet, actually, for men who have lived around women, and we have all been in this state of, in order for someone to win, someone else has to lose, and it's, it's, historically, it's the woman who would lose, (laughs) if we're thinking of a gender thing. And so, therefore... They have lived it as well because, as women, we splurge our pain out sideways onto the men without realising we're doing it. So, I know from my partner's perspective, he's quite... He's been very careful to be very consensual and very, as much as he can, provider for every woman. And he gets hurt repeatedly because what he's done isn't the right thing or they change their mind or whatever whatever so I think we're all again we are all 
I want to use the word, but I'm going to, in inverted commas, victims of our history. We're victims of our culture. And yet we have to take accountability and be united in, okay, but we can do this a different way. We don't have to feel like there's any competition between us as a couple and also between us and the outside world and anyone else. And even if that is still, like, inherent around us, we can be uh, bounded enough that we can protect ourselves without being in sort of defensiveness of the outside world. And I think that's possibly where my challenge is at the moment, is that I feel united with my partner and I feel united amongst myself, as in, I've spoken before about the parts of myself, you know, my inner critic, my shame gremlin, my rage monster, my brat... No, I feel united enough and the both and of having these parts and knowing they're all a part of me and I'm more than the sum of my parts. And it is when we then transition again into the external world and particularly into subcultures. So um, that could be organisations or it could be hobbies where you know there is a certain subculture within like so our work culture may be slightly different to our hobby culture may be slightly different so it's like when we transition between just being us who are our aim our sort of framing is how can we both win into different cultures like and how can we certainly how can I win when I'm in different cultures and that at the moment for me is edgy because I still have an inner critic voice who will run off her rails occasionally and allow me to experience self-talk that isn't loving and isn't supportive and isn't even true back to my thoughts aren't true And so being united does make us stronger. And being united doesn't make us the same. It just means that we can be very different people and we can share a common um, ideal, a common desire, a common want for, for, for unitedness. That means we don't have to go into this spiral of... Uh, you know one person's gripe becomes the other person's griping and then the other person's griping because everybody's got like this defensiveness going and I see it in us when when I'm enough of the observer that as soon as one of us is a little bit hurting the defensiveness comes out in the form of attack not necessarily um, attack as in words as weapons or or, you know, obviously physical attack. But in terms of, as soon as we're wounded, there is a part of us that obviously needs to put in a better boundary to be able to support ourselves into healing that wound. And yet it goes sort of beyond that because none of us have ever been taught healthy boundaries. None of us have ever been taught not to project onto each other. So, and as a woman, my words do become weapons. That is how I... Uh, get it out there if I'm not crying then my words are likely to become weapons and 
is like, okay, how do I, how do we get to reparation of that? And it's in the reparation, because none of us are perfect, we're never going to be perfect, but it's in the understanding that it wasn't meant as an attack, even though it was an attack, and it's in the reparation after that, and the discussion as to how we can help each other through that, that means that each time one of us slips up and I'll be honest, it's mostly me that slips up. Not always, but it's mostly me that slips up um, because my words will come out as weapons. Then it's in the reparation that actually then gets it smoother and smoother and smaller and smaller and more nuanced and easier to deal with and much quicker to be back to normality and needing much less reparation each time. And... I think that's again something that a few of us have learned from childhood because when things went wrong with our parents because we did something bad or wrong because we're exploring we're children and we're exploring pushing the edges our parents are unlikely to have done their own work to the extent that they're not and particularly you know they're going to be in a state of overwhelming frustration anyway because they're having to deal with us as children all the time they're they're not necessarily going to be able to focus on how important the reparation is. And it's only through this relationship that I have learned that. So in the early days, you know, we'd have to talk. He would have to go off on his own, for starters, and I would need to talk to reconnect. And I would have to allow him going off on his own to process his own stuff before he could come back and we could talk about it. And sometimes that would be, you know, hours, maybe even days. And this is only from, you know, uh, a critical word. It's not from an argument. We don't really argue ever. Um, but it would be, you know, quite a big... And, and also, this would have this reaction would happen of him needing to go and process, even if I was just sad, if I had my sads, because he's such a provider he would want to provide and he didn't understand why he I, I was sad and he would make it his fault when it was nothing to do with him and so you know we've both learned over the time to practice the reparation but we've both got much more as the trust and the respect has grown we've got much more able to do the reparation in real time and it's been smaller and smaller and smaller so that actually it usually just becomes a a wanting to reconnect uh, an apology and or a discussion about you know a few sentences on how each of us felt where it was our wounds and where it was something that, that had happened because of, it was a reaction of what someone else had done and then a, a desire to reconnect and it's like each time that reconnect gets bigger and bigger and I realized that quite early on and it's never been I've never you know, they say makeup sex is the greatest kind, but in my previous relationships, that reparation has been from the wounded place that I was in and the wounded place that my partner was in. And it would have been each time the wounds would have got bigger. The, the reparation wasn't actually in healing the wounds. The reparation was okay, we still love each other, let's carry on. But there would, be, there would be a bigger chink or there would be a bigger, you know, crack in the screen each time uh, rather than this time feeling like because we are both doing our own work and because we're both 
united in loving each other and wanting the win-win we're figuring out where the win is and each reparation is like healing the windscreen <laughs> you know healing that crack in the windscreen so that it you know it's actually what they say broken bones are stronger right whether it's true or not who cares but it's that analogy of we're actually building a buffer zone or a shock absorbency into the relationship and it really does come down to the overarching want that we both win and the the change in mindset that it's possible because I remember the first time I genuinely kind of it genuinely landed for me I mean obviously through the teachings that I've been involved in it I've, I've heard it any number of times but as my friend says connect for when it finally landed with me this the, the potential for a win-win and I had enough teachings from enough different places that yes this is possible that it totally reframed my perception from there being few good men because obviously I'm a woman looking for a man so there are few good men and those that are are competitive and I'd have to win them and someone else would have to lose and in terms of being in a relationship with them they would be competitive with a relationship with me in that they would want to get what they wanted to get and they wouldn't mind if I lost so the reframing into men just want me to win what um is a big deal it's like it it took a long time for me I'm not gonna lie it took me up until about three four three years ago um, because up until that point it hadn't really landed with me that, that men want us to win and therefore that a man isn't coming into a relationship to try and take because the culture and <laughs> my internal frame of reference told me that men wanted to take from me not men want to give to me so this being united in in giving really in allowing each other to win is such a massive 180 reframe from my perception growing up that men only want to take something from me and and want to take something from me that I'm not willing to give which isn't specific to men in my case it's specific to I've believed that of everybody like I have believed that it doesn't matter who you are that that it that if I uh, that everybody wanted to take something from them, not that I was not willing to give. And I think that is partly because, you know, growing up, we don't understand consent, we don't understand we can, because certainly as children we can't. Um, even down to, you know, our parents giving us a hug. We might not want that hug, but we don't even have the words to say no, because nobody's ever told us it's possible. And then we get grow up and we get into situations in life where something that's supposed to be nice we realise it's supposed to be nice and if it's supposed to be nice we'll let it happen even though it's not actually what we wanted in that moment I mean it 
the whole thing's crazy, isn't it? So this uh, recognition that it's not about everybody wanting to take something from me that I'm not willing to give. And I don't know, to be fair, I don't know how true that is for anyone else. I just know that that was my truth. Uh, And it's probably one of the reasons why I have been around animals and not around humans wherever possible in my life. And it's taken me to this point to be able to stand in my own two shoes and go, right, okay, well, this feels like it would be good for me. This doesn't. I'll invest time in this. I won't invest time in that. And I feel like it's actually a place, coming from a place of choice. And I recognise also that there is a massive dollop of privilege in my life that allows me to do that. Like, the more privileged we are, the more choices we have. And I see it, you know, on a day-to-day basis, how the less choices we've had growing up, and the less chances we've had growing up, the less chance we have of making these changes. And, And to be honest, the people who I have the utmost respect for are the people who have come from the hardest places and have got themselves into a place of uh, more choice because that is I haven't had to live that experience I have come from a relatively free background so this sense of being united is like a key factor in the win-win but it's a key factor in the reparation if anything goes wrong and it's taken a huge 180 reframe for me to not think that anyone is taking from me because I won't give them the opportunity I now go into every incident in life with have I got enough to give here you know is my cup full enough that I can be prepared to lose some of the fluid out of my cup in this interaction. Now, it might be that this interaction is going to actually refill my cup, but I need to be prepared. I need to have enough reserve that if it doesn't unite us, if we don't get to a win-win, that... I can still self-care because ultimately it's not now as an autonomous adult who can choose freely what I partake in it's not anyone else's problem if I end up pouring too much out of my own cup Um, and I've spent my whole life doing that coming from an ex-rescuer point of view I've done my whole life doing that like rescuing people in order to feel better about myself it doesn't work just burns you out so I need to make sure that any interaction and it doesn't necessarily mean anything about the other person it just means that I know whether or not I have the spoons basically whether or not I have the energy to relate to this person at this time and I recognise that the ex-rescuer in me has repaired the relationship with the animals that I rescued and that I still have some way to go with humans, not that I've rescued any humans, but (laughs) I still have some way to go in cleaning up my edges around humans and not going into things with the mindset of 
I need to give, give, give to this person, whether it be someone at work, whether it be a friend, whether it be in a hobby situation, however it is, I need to go in with the, have I got enough to be able to give with a full heart and a full yes, as the will of consent says, but without depleting myself, if in this instant, I'm more giving than the other. Because the other thing is that the way other people can give to me, they're quite specific now. And in some instances, there isn't a way for this particular individual to give back to me in that moment. I find my uh, recharging in different places. You know, it's that old adage about, as an introvert, I recharge on my own rather than recharging in a group. I'm much less introverted than I was. I am able to spend time in the company of others now and it doesn't like make me completely empty. And yet I know that often, depending on the scenario, there aren't very many people who actually recharge me. So I need to ensure that I can go in with enough in my battery bank that, that whether or not I get energy given to me in that interaction I still have enough to basically get home with <laughs> um, and yeah so it, that, that's been a big lesson and I think being united in that recognition is where I can then get some energy back in some relating and it, I'm not talking at it from a point of transactionalness because this this on my level isn't a transaction it's like I don't mind if a relationship is more about me giving I just need to know that I can recharge and I'm not going to deplete myself um, and I know there are some people in this world that do help me recharge and there are some people that don't. And actually, my partner really helps me recharge. And also, because we live half the week together and half the week he's away, I actually get the best of both worlds. Well, he recharges me and he enables me to learn how to be able to recharge myself around other humans, which is a new thing for me. And I get time on my own to fully, like go into the introverted recharge as well and so being united in that common theme of it's not a give and take it is just a how can we both win it's not the either or it's the both and and a lot of my relationships I think are currently my relationship with my partner we went into it like this so it's always been there and now it's just showing up where I'm not in that win-win or where I would be potential, there would be potential for me to give myself away in other relationships. Um, and that's sort of my place at the moment is how do I get, how do I get other relationships to be as united as uh, my relationship with my partner is? Because obviously we've all grown up in this culture that it's either or, black, white, yes, no, right, wrong, and not this. There are a gazillion shades in between whereby I um, 
can be doing more of the giving or someone else can be doing more of the giving and it's how do we get it to a win-win how do we get the both and rather than the either or um, and I think because my partner and I have been working on it since we first met it's much more uh, concretely embedded in our relationship because it's basically what we've hung our relationship on is this win-win than it is uh, with other relationships because obviously depending on other people's belief systems and everything else will depend on whether they still think a relationship is transactional and that someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. So being united is one of the key places uh, that we have got you know, in order to be able to be truly um, together in this experience. And on that note, I'm going to leave this here and I'll speak to you soon. Much love. Bye-bye.